How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Danny and Dusty. Meringatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called go. The old Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon. Oh, happy Monday, everybody. What a weekend. What a day. What a game we had yesterday. You know what's great about today? Oh, was there a game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, basketball season. The Kings played the Timberwolves. <laughs> it's basketball season. Mm. Officially. It is. It's okay, yeah, basketball season started today. <laughs> it's official. Hot damn. Blazers are already 15 wins into the season. Wow. Look at that. Quite the run look, look at that. Already. Already. Good start. Good start. Yeah, what a weekend it was. How was uh how was your super weekend? It was good. It was good. Got 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 a lot done. Cooked all weekend. Mm. Cooked all weekend. That's that's what you should do. You brought in some salsa that you made. I did. G- great salsa. Danny makes a f- damn fine salsa. Uh, I'll I, tell you that much. I did. It multi- was really good. Did multiple batches. The one you you had was the the family friendly fire roasted. It was very mild. Yes. Very mild, but good. Yep. It's uh, it's supposed to mimic kind of the uh, Chevy's uh. Tex Mex restaurant. Salsa. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but I did a uh, I had folks over and I had to, I did a uh, nacho bar. Oh, nacho bars are great. So I had. Uh, I had some carne asada that I had marinated. I had some chicken that I had marinating, and then uh, I had I had two grills going. Perfect. So that's it was, the way uh, it should be. It was it was, it was quite the weekend. How about you? Uh, it was great. You you said you went somewhere where you were afraid of the uh, the network possibly crashing. There were quite a few glitches going oh, on. Oh no! Nothing ever went out. Okay. Nothing ever went out. But you but got behind there, a little I, bit. Yeah, I I was staring at. I was giving the side eye, and he was like, I I know, I know, but never. Never anything that missed any action. Oh. We didn't miss anything notable. It would just be like a little like, bloop, and you, uh oh, here it comes. But uh, everything worked out great. And what a great Super Bowl it was. If there's anything that is going to like ease the pain of, you know, another a dynasty officially being here in the NFL, because a lot of people they just don't like dynasties. They don't. They don't want the inevitable of. It, it's going to be the Chiefs, or it's going to be the Patriots, or it's going to be the 49ers, or it's going to be, you know, the Steelers. We've had them, like, every single generation. We've had these dynasties. Now people just all of a sudden want to hate the Kansas City Chiefs, and if it's anything's going to ease that, great food and a wake to celebrate the death of the football season Look, is a fantastic way to do I'm it. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to go full hipster. 
I've always hated the Chiefs. Well, of course you have, Raiders fan. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And I, I, I figured out in this game that I do hate the Chiefs more than I hate the 49ers. I went into this game thinking... That's really big of you. <laughs> it is. It is. I thought so. I thought it was growth. I went into this game thinking, I, I thought personally that I hated both teams equally. I'm like, I hate both these franchises. You don't, though. Down the stretch, as Mahomes is doing his thing and taking the lead, and then in the overtime, I'm sitting there going, No! 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 <laughs> because I realized... I hate the 49ers less. And I, there was there was a part of me, it wasn't actively rooting for the 49ers, but I was actively rooting against the Chiefs at every moment. Rooting for the meteor. Yo, yeah, no. <laughs> Sweet meteor of death was number one on my scorecard. There was a moment in that game where I thought of you because they popped up like everything is just going against Raiders because it's Niners, Chiefs in the Raiders stadium. Mm-hmm. And then they popped up the graphic like, Brock Purdy's only overtime game was a win in Las Vegas yeah. against the Raiders. I was like, <laughs> and they had uh, what uh, Fred Bolitnikoff and Marcus Allen like lighting the torch before the game, and I'm like, ah, the last time they were good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That was a hell of a game, though. I I loved every bit of the finale to our football season because <sighs> it gave us everything that you could want in a big game. I, I am with you with the way the game closed. That second half of the second quarter and the first half of the third quarter, I I I wanted to unalive myself. It was it was hard to watch. It was bad. That was great. It was fit. It, You're disgusting. You love bad football, though. No, I love great football. You, and you everybody football. everybody just wants points, 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 points. That game was two defenses slowing down juggernaut offenses. And in, in a game where you get everything, like Super Bowl's the weirdest stuff happens. The absolute weirdest stuff happens. And we're going to jump in and, and break this game down every which way. But you got that from both sides. Uncharacteristic plays from, from guys that are the beacons of consistency. You have just the wild special teams getting drunk and oh, getting weird. God. But you had all, all over the place. At the core of that game, when you end a game 19 to 19, when Patrick Effin Mahomes is the quarterback of one team, and then another team has got Christian McCaffrey, the offensive player of the year in the NFL, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like everything, it, those two defenses are what carried the day. And I, I appreciate points like nobody else. But what we saw in that middle stretch where it was ugly and it was sloppy was phenomenal defense. Mm. Like, you saw phenomenal defensive plays being made. You saw breakdowns, too, where you're just going, what in the world yeah. is happening? But that's the beauty of the Super Bowl, and that's the pressure that comes with Super Bowls that you don't get it. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. You sure. don't get it in college football because those college football plays, they happen all the time. Yes, that's that's the drunkenness of college football. You get a guy like Travis Kelsey oh, who, so you know, good. going face to face with Andy Reid, screaming over, you know We need to save we need to save Tay Tay is what we need to do. He's he's a very angry man. Yeah. I saw people were like, that guy, he's a loose cannon. Come on. Yes, the six foot seven football here? player has is aggressive. What are we doing here? Are, are we really going yes, to pearl right. clutch over that yeah. whole thing? Also, we're, we're going to dive into that. We got a lot that we got to get to. Also, today. we we got Tay Tay pounding beers. That she became a Kelsey. It took one month for Jason Kelsey to 
turn Taylor Swift into a Kelsey. Yeah. And it, it, this isn't this isn't Travis. No, she saw what that damn legend did mm. in Buffalo and was like, okay, I know the assignment now. And so Taylor Swift pounding beers at the Super Bowl. Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio said, watch this. The the fact that like Taylor Swift no, is he didn't. she's she, too old. She, yeah, no. <laughs> no, he pounded something else instead. Wow. Um, the fact that she brought Blake Lively. Whoa. Uh, yeah, that Blake, Blake like that Blake was just Lively like, is like the guest. I <laughs> I had explained to my in-laws, they're like, who's that woman? I go, a very famous, very beautiful woman. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' wife. Yeah. Like, come on. One of the most beautiful women in the world. It's like, oh, yeah, she's my plus one. Yeah. Ice Spice having what? to learn football as the game went on was very interesting. Every time they pay, they went up to the suite and she has a blank look on her face and everybody else was losing their collective hey, mind. who is the blonde gal that was with all of them? I don't know. With, like, the straight hair? Yeah. Do we know who that is? No, a lot a lot, of, a lot of dudes have asked that question. People are like, who is this? She, uh, There's a guy in the back that looked just like CeCe Sabathia that wasn't. But he really did look like CeCe. Yeah, well, he, has all, he had an Indian's hat on. But that girl with the blonde hair, she looks like the... The villain boss in the like rom coms, you know? Oh, 100%. Like, she looks like the mean boss lady that makes him come to work on a Saturday. She was like, I what got AI... those vibes. And I don't know. That's really unfair for me to say about her. That's no. the feeling I got about her. No, she, looked, like, she hmm. looks like what AI it's thinks Amelia Clark looks like. Yeah. It's the do. That's just kind of a B haircut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's probably yeah. very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, or she's Taylor Swift's no woman, the person that just says no Whatever to everybody thing. around mm. her. Good to have. You need to have those. When you're that famous, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Also, there before the game. Way before. Which like that was that was the surprise was, you know, she was supposed to be there like halftime. Look, I tracked the flight. Mm. She left Tokyo. She flew into LA. And then as we all expected, she was able to come into Vegas on game day. Oh, no way. The yeah. airport was able to make room for her plane? Yeah. Well, like that's the thing about Super Bowl week is that you can touch a lot of people just come in and then on Saturday they clean out yeah. and they they like most of the people just leave town on Saturday because they want to get home and watch the game and it's the festivities leading up it's mm-hmm. all the parties leading up so I'm assuming that's what happened there but Taylor Swift in the building that was great and J- Jason Kelsey wearing his Chiefs overalls the man is committed to his brother and I appreciate that did you that. see the the after party. He no. had a Rey Mysterio luchador mask on. Yeah, that's about right. There was a lot of luchador masks uh, going, rolling around Super Bowl week, which I don't understand. Well, like I mean, Las Vegas? Las Vegas, eh. Masks. But, uh, not a bad uh, thing. Uh, uh, luchador. Uh, well, hey, that guy can do whatever he wants. I also appreciate the commitment of his wife. His wife hates the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. So, in support of her brother, she will only wear Philly stuff. Yes. Like, she is Philly, Philly through and through. And through. through. So in not not because of her husband, as her because hu- of where she's from. As her husband is wearing Chiefs plaid overalls, mm-hmm. she's wearing a red quarter zip. University of Cincinnati. Mm. She was like, "I will not wear Chiefs stuff. I'll represent I'll, Travis though, and I'll, I will root for Travis because it's Cincinnati yeah. and it's red." I I'll find the compromise. She is ride or die, not just for her husband, but for the damn Eagles too. And that's the most mm-hmm. Philly thing that you could possibly yep. have. That Kelsey family, it's a wonderful a family. They're a treasure, and I, I, I need more of them. You, I want more. Well, you might be getting it. Sounds like Jason's chasing the TV job. I know. Well, yeah, he did interviews, interviews with, with Fox, ESPN, and, and some, Amazon. Amazon. 
and Amazon. Which, if they add him to the Amazon, Amazon then gets the crush best everyone. one ever with yeah. Andrew Whitworth, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You add, uh, Jason, you add Jason Kelsey to that. That would just be so much it, fun and so much body hair. Like taking, a lot of beards. Oh, yeah. A lot of beards. It would be like on. taking the prime Fox crew when, you know, the early days of Howie and Terry and just turning it up to 11. Yeah. Because the early Fox crew was, was, was crazy. Yeah, and I, I and it was wanna, fun. I want it. They, they've mellowed in their old age. Also, we, we'll take a, talk about Flynn today. Um, I want Phil Sims never on a broadcast again. Okay, he was there on halftime. All he did was whine and complain. Well, I think we forget that everybody that's complaining about Tony Romo, you were complaining about Phil Sims before that. Yeah, and well, how the- badly you wanted Phil Sims off. Rome's had a bad game. He had a bad game. Like there were a lot of things where it was like. Dude, have you watched the Chiefs this year? Come on. Romo, I know you have because I've heard you on most of them. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it, that was a tough game for Tony Romo. The uh, the honeymoon period on, on Romo's over. They're, they're starting to turn on it. Do you know what the, the inside scoop is mm-hmm. on it? It is that all of his friends are out of the league now. So he would get all the scoops from his buddies oh. that were all in the league still. And he had, obviously, he had that familiarity of being a quarterback and prepping for all of them. Mm-hmm. So he had that recent, the recency bias in his mind of what team coordinators did, what teams like to do. And so he was in tune with that coaching turnover, player turnover goes so quick in the NFL. Here we are just a few short years later. And all of a sudden, and he's not like, he doesn't know what he does. He can't yeah. predict plays anymore. It's like, well, yeah. He, he that's how it works. Relationships anymore. Yeah. That's how it works. Now you got to grind, and that makes that's why Troy Aikman is awesome. But Troy Aikman is great. Yeah. Kirk Herbstreit, or they, those two guys are special, man. Even Chris Collinsworth, like you could tell how much work he puts mm-hmm. into those games. And obviously, Greg Olson, he's got a little bit of that Romo where everybody loves him right now. But he just got done playing, so he knows a lot of these guys intimately, and a lot of what the teams want to do. That's gonna start to fade a little bit, but yeah. that dude is always prepared as well, though. So I don't know. Maybe Rome's has got to get back to the get back to the tape, get back to the lab, huh? Mm. All right. Either way, Phil Sims complaining about everything was just like, come on, dude. That's Phil. That's the mo. That's yeah. right on brand for Phil Sims. It was halftime. Right it was halftime, and it was just, just everything was just. You can't do that to your coach. Talk about Travis Kelsey, or that shouldn't have been a touchdown for the 49ers. They had a man downfield. It was like. <sighs> Is is there anything you like from the Ooh. game, Phil? Or no? I think the officials had a great day. I think the official when you said there's a man downfield, I thought the officials had a great day. Yeah, they kept the flags in their pockets. They let them play. Yeah, they let them play. There was there was a couple times where I could, I saw Bosa getting held, and I was like, eh, didn't impact the play. I don't care. I'm here for let it. Let it go. Okay. Well, let's get this show on the road. Let's start. Let's talk about that football game, Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Uh, it was that was an all time classic, not just because it went to overtime. The sixty minutes in between, though, if that thing would have ended in regulation, it would have been a fantastic game. As it as it was, we got even more drama in that final fifteen minute overtime period uh, because Kyle Shanahan apparently didn't tell his team what the new overtime rules were. But the Chiefs repeat, and the journey to becoming a dynasty is now complete. 503-864-6326. That's Vancouver Ford Tech Sign. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. Bring it all down. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
There he is, Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP after the Chiefs win in overtime, 25-22 over the San Francisco 49ers. Those guys in Vegas know what they're doing, huh? They knew overtime and the under, and it was a, the line opened at 47 and a half, yeah. and the game ends 25-22 That's a in the weirdest way it could possibly happen. We knew it would get there. Woo, Nelly. You know, there have only been 13 games in NFL history that have ended with the final score of 25-22. to 22. Mm. Six of them have been decided in overtime. Six of the 13, including last night's game, have been overtime games that end 25-22. Pro- the uniqueness of that score probably makes the team that's ending with the ball have to push for that touchdown. Think of it. Which yeah. allows for that opportunity. Regular season or mm-hmm. or um, in postseason as well. That was the only Super Bowl, obviously, to be finished 25-22. But what a hell of a game it was. And now you have... This is officially a dynasty, and heading into this game, I thought it would have been safe to say it's a dynasty anyways, but for whatever reason, they want to say three championships in five years constitutes your dynasty. I think everything that the Chiefs have done to this point in the modern era of football, it should absolutely win, lose, or draw in that Super Bowl should have constituted as a dynasty because what they have done to this point has been something that is supposed to be impossible, yet here they are in the most improbable years of it happening, they end up winning that third Super Bowl and go back-to-back. I I think that that's probably right. If we're going to use like an actual defining principle, three titles in five years as a dynasty, I think that's fair. I think that's like if we're we're trying to question, you know, what is or isn't a dynasty, three and five, three and six, I think, as long as as you're talking about, hell, three and ten. But three in a window, right? Whatever, whatever window you want to classify it as. Because do we do we look at that Bills run as a dynastic run? I would almost say we do. We sh- yeah, we remember it as the dynasty that wasn't. But you go to four, four straight, straight Super Bowls. Bowls. <laughs> and I saw something this morning. Um, this is insane as this is. This is kind of like the Bills are kind of like the trailblazers of the nineties where they were the second-best team in basketball for a while, but they just kept running up against either the Pistons or the Bulls. I think the 49ers are that team right now. It's actually the Bills. The Bills' point differential in the last three years is staggering. Staggering. It is them alone with no one close. Then the Chiefs and the Niners are tied. Right next to the at spots two and three or spots two two, but the Bills are so far and above expectation, but they've just run into what is the one thing that they've run into? It's been Patrick Mahomes every single time. But they've never, yeah, and I would say that it's the Niners because they're over three in Super Bowls with two different head coaches, and they're actually getting two Super Bowls and conference championship mm-hmm. games. Like, think of the, the Niners getting to conference championship games. It, it's nuts to think about. How many they've been to over I think the last it's 10 years? eight since their last Super, their Super Bowl win in 95. It's the last, or 94-95 season. They've been to eight conference championship games and have zero Super Bowls to show for it. That's It's That's crazy nasty. to think about, but they've run into Patrick Mahomes 
and it's in the last two of these Super Bowls, mm-hmm. just as the Buffalo Bills have, and this is that's what makes dynasties great, you know, and that's what stopped Peyton Manning in the Indianapolis Colts was Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. But the thing that is incredibly hard to do, and I, I don't think that like we just get lost in the oh Patrick Mahomes is great, and Andy Reid is a phenomenal coach. What every great dynasty is forced to do is to rebuild itself and put itself in a new image. And they did that this year on Mm -hmm. the defensive side. And this is the year that was not supposed to happen because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes has the highest cap number in the NFL. $37 million against the cap. And they went through and they rebuilt that defense and they became a defensive-oriented team. And if you look at the way that that game played out last night, the defense made so many plays over the course of that game where you went, holy crap, they were treading the water. To start the season, the first Five weeks of the year. The Lions go into Kansas City and win. You know, eyebrows are raised. Now, I think a lot of that was because people didn't realize how good the Lions were going to be. But another part of that was that Kansas City offense looked terrible. Yeah. It it looked dysfunctional. You're sitting there watching it going, uh, what is this? This is a Patrick Mahomes-led team. And we've seen this before from the guy that he's he's chasing in Tom Brady and the Patriots. The, The... the change from the Randy Moss Patriots to the defense first, run the ball, play action Patriots that just grind you into dust in the playoffs. And that's what the Chiefs did. You watched that game. I, look, as, as much as I think that that middle third of that game was ugly as sin, it was made ugly by the Chiefs defense. Who Both said, defenses. Both defenses just played out of their gourd. I mean, starting... Starting the second half, the 49ers come out and throw six straight passes. And I'm sitting there going, Shanahan, no, not like this. Kyle, no. No, not like this. Don't don't go out like this. And it was because the Chiefs said, we're going to flood the box. Good luck. And Spags just got in his bag the entire second half. Flustered Purdy, flustered the running game, flustered Shanahan, everything they wanted to do. And you just had individual play after individual play. The only real boneheaded play coming on the holding on the, on the, was it third and? Yeah, the defensive holding against yeah. Jennings. Yeah. And that, other than that, the execution by the defense the entire second half was near flawless. It was one of those games that that is an all time Super Bowl just the way that the whole game played Mm -hmm. out. And from the very start of it, it was, okay, this game is going to get weird. You have Christian McCaffrey fumbling on the opening drive as they're approaching the red zone. The guy who never fumbles. And I will say, the 49ers' script to open the game was fantastic. They were gashing the Chiefs to open the game. And then plays like that happen because Super Bowls get weird. And to put that McCaffrey fumble into perspective – it had been 185 carries since he last fumbled. He's fumbled four times on the year total. And the last time he did it was in October. And he's carried the ball 185 times since then. And I think on average for the season, it was like one in every 82 and a half attempts, he fumbled the ball. Yet on the opening drive of the Super Bowl, as you are gashing the defense in Kyle Shanahan had scripted that to perfection, you come out and you fumble as you're what I think he was on the 27 yard line. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was turning point number one in the game. I had to do the math on this real quick. 
I knew he didn't fumble. But when you think about his touches, he has, in his career, regular season only, this does not include playoff touches, he has 1,806 touches receiving and rushing. He has 12 fumbles. Dude doesn't fumble. That is less than, that is six thousandths of a percent. But then you like <laughs> that's insane. But man. Think this guy it, doesn't fumble ever. On, on the and here's the, the beauty about it is that the defense came back and they showed up because what ended up happening? San Francisco's defense forces a three and out. This much maligned defense that everybody had been criticizing it. Everybody had sat there and said, "Hey, you know they're getting gashed by Jordan Love and the Packers. They're getting gashed by Jared Goff in the the Lions. Patrick Mahomes is going to cook them three and out." On the very first mm-hmm. drive of the game, where Andy Reid is supposed to be in his bag, and they work, they work through feel a lot better than really anybody else. And I think you could say the same for Spagnolo if you look at what they did in the second half oh, to start. But as you go down and you look at every turn in this game, like all of these key moments where the first points on the board is an NFL super or a Super Bowl record for the longest field goal ever from which Moody. was crazy. We talked about heading into this game like you expect these guys to be good to fifty. And maybe maybe they'll stretch stretch a leg out a little bit. Fifty five and fifty seven. They both they were both good from sixty plus. The shortest Hammered. the shortest Super Bowl record like ever. <laughs> uh, two two minutes and fifty seven seconds or something like that. And then you have you know you have Butker who has the longest breaks Moody's record just moments later. But if you look at every turn, it was right after points get put on the board. You get Pacheco fumbles. And what does the Kansas City defense do? They bow their back. They force another punt. And this is why I sit there and I go, yeah, it may have gotten ugly. It may have looked like you know low-scoring game, not a lot of offense. These defenses at every turn, they answered the bell. The only one that they didn't, in all of the turnovers that we had in this game, which we had four, the only one that resulted in points was off of the muffed punt. It was off of the muffed punt. I, th- I still think that's we were talking about in prep of the show. I think that's the thing that's not being talked about enough today on my drive in this morning and, and looking at notes and everything like that. Obviously, it's it's Mahomes in the overtime and how good he was and the inability of the 49ers to score in the second half, blah, blah, blah. That muffed punt, that's that's the thing for me. That that's that's the football gods throwing the dice against the wall. That's the chaos. Because that that play is the one that opens the sliding doors for me. Because the, the Chiefs had nothing. They had nothing going. And instead, they, they get what ends up being a long pass play with the, the, the punt recovery. And that, to me, is what gave them their opportunity, their chance, and got them on track. Boy, it was... I know that they're giving Ray Ray McLeod a lot of flack, and he should have fallen on it. But be, beyond that, like it, it, that's a tough play to make at the moment. But Daryl Luter is is the gunner who was on the outside. You could see that McLeod was pointing at the at the ground and yelling, like he was yelling. Peter, obviously, Luter couldn't in the, in or the didn't moment. hear him. Yeah. Bounces off his foot, and McLeod tries to scoop it up. Like that is every returner's ever Nightmare. told if the ball touches the ground but it like came firing off his mm-hmm. foot and it was Adam Fast so I don't think he had the time to react and and fall on the ground properly but every returner said if the ball gets touched you just fall on it you do not try to yeah. scoop it up you do not you try to make anything to more the ball. just fall on the ball in any way shape or form 
and he didn't. But I think before that, if you look at it, kind of the the ripple effects of of this game and how the game played out, you had both fumbles early. And then I think the Dre Greenlaw tearing his Achilles as he's trying to run out on the field in the second quarter. God, man. One of the most freak injuries Unhinged that you could have. things happen. you've ever seen. But that, to me, that was the bigger ripple effect as the game played out because what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes started doing is, obviously, we know how good Dre Greenlaw is in coverage, two interceptions in the divisional round against Jordan Love also, and the Packers. middle of the field opened up in the second half. But you were, you were forcing Logan Ryan, who hasn't been on this team for very long, first got, of all. Got a call at Thanksgiving he, when he was on a cruise. He ended up having to play 52 snaps in the slot, defending the slot. The most that he had had, I think, before that was like 14. Mm. So you're you're then saying, all right, we're forcing in Logan Ryan, there were two plays, mainly the touchdown in overtime that everybody's talking about. But in, in that play, and then there was another play on a third down in, I think it was like a third and six or something, where they were the Chiefs were in the middle of the field and they he just spun he got spun completely around and you're going uh oh what is it about Patriots defensive backs and goal line plays uh well good or bad <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but Logan right. <laughs> I think Dre Greenlaw's injury right there that was a huge one but then you look at the way that San Francisco was able to. When they won the middle eight, when you think about it, the four minutes before the first half ends, mm-hmm. and the four minutes out of the, uh, I was just saying that, that, that incredibly ugly period. Those defenses were nails. Both offenses but, were atrocious, but because of defensive play. But it what it was, I think, holy defensive play. When yeah. you have, and this is where Kansas City is so good. And this is where great teams are so good. Is in that middle eight because those are momentum shifters, especially when Kansas City gets the ball coming out of the break. Holding them to a field goal on that final drive of the first half, Mm -hmm. that is a win of all wins that you can have. But then you come out on the very first drive of the second half and you go and you get you pick off Patrick Mahomes in what was a like an uncharacteristic yellow throw. That throw was that looked that looked like um, Zach Wilson. (laughs) Just you could just see him short circuit and be like, I don't know, and just threw it like when Mahomes, when you see him scramble and you see him extend plays and you see him like you can you can see the process like where his eyes are, what he's looking, what he's trying to do, where he's looking away from. It was like you could see his body short circuit on the throw. Like it, it, he just forgot how to football for a second, and it was so. I remember watching the play and screaming, "What is he doing?" And as soon as he let it go, before you could even see where the ball was going, you could tell that ball was just, "What is this?" And then you'd get the Chiefs coming right back. Yeah, but in in that in between there, you had just a bunch of three and outs. Yeah, right. San Francisco goes three and out. KC goes three and out. Three and out. Three and out. And then the muff punt happened. Oh, well, you had a field goal in there. Yeah. And then you had a muff punt. And then from then on, from that muffed punt, we had seven consecutive drives ending in points in a game that went. From this defensive stalemate where the offense, you could say both offenses were shooting themselves in the foot. I think they were trying to see what works against these defenses because you went from the script, which we got points early, mm-hmm. and then you go 
off of the script to the the bulk of the football game where the defenses were just digging their heels in, and then you saw seven consecutive drives end with points to end that game. Wow. That is two great football teams, two just wizard offensive minds in Shanahan and Reed. Two very good defensive Adapting teams. to everything that the defenses yeah. did. And I like that's why I think this Super Bowl was was fantastic because of that reason. And then you add in like after the muff punt, what does Kyle Shanahan do? They're driving down the field. And that that was the ballsiest call of the game. Was Ooh, going for it on fourth yes. down in three on the 15-yard line. When you are trailing by three points, at that point, it is 13 to 10. Mm-hmm. You are in the fourth quarter, and Kyle Shanahan goes, screw it. We are going to throw the ball on fourth down, and we're going to put them on the table and say, we're not playing to lose this game. We're not playing to tie. We're playing to win. And so that play for me was the one where I was like, oh, we're going to have an all-time finish. And we did. We have a missed extra point, which that loomed large. But I'll tell you this, off of that touchdown that they scored, that missed extra point, the Chiefs are going to win the game, not tie the game and send it to overtime. Because if they're not down by three, they're going for touchdowns. They're not going, they're not kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. And are, are you betting against Patrick Mahomes in that moment? With When Patrick Mahomes got the ball. Considering how that overtime went, no. 11 minutes and 22 <laughs> seconds to go in the fourth quarter. If Shanahan just says, we're going to play it safe, we're going to tie it at 13. They don't kick a field goal at the end. They go and they try to score. And they try to score a touchdown there. But what we ended up having was trading haymakers back and forth and leading to an overtime where now we got our question marks. We'll get to that after Rust with SportsCenter. Now, now. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love and spare. So Viva! Loved Travis Kelsey on the podium after the game. I did not watch much of the, the, the post. Oh, I give you this. Festivities. She's kingdom! Fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! Viva! <laughs> Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> no, that post-game party was probably pretty mellow. That man is a hey, Elvis never had it better than that right there. Let me tell you. Yeah, he did. Uh it was Elvis freaking yeah. Presley. <laughs> that dude, that dude was the Taylor Swift of his generation. Yeah, no kidding. But we were we were, we've been talking about this game going everything through all of the those crucial times whether it's sudden change off of turnovers or the fact that both of these offenses were trying to figure out schematically what they were going to do defensively things really changed in overtime because that is where now did you remember that there was an overtime change yes only because we talked about it we had talked, but I still don't understand a, a lot of things about this. Niners come out, they win the toss. Mm-hmm. Knowing that 
what the new overtime rules are, would you have taken the ball or kicked? Because this has become obviously a massive discussion over, you know, the outcome in Kyle. The whole idea of, of knowing what you what you need to do. Yeah. I, there's there's two different arguments here. One, you can talk about momentum and wanting to put pressure on the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. The other is is being more measured in your approach and knowing what you need to do in order to win. I kind of like the aggressiveness from the 49ers, even if it was based in ignorance of the rules. I think what we have here in uh, Seth Walder, who works as a, he's the analytics guy for ESPN, mm-hmm. he's reached out to 10 um, what is it? Analytics staffers across the NFL on what they would have done. He gave them five options. Number one, strongly prefer first possession. Two is lean towards the first possession. Yeah, you can't give the analytics guys yes or no. Three <laughs> is almost a 50-50 on either way. Mm-hmm. Four is lean towards the second possession. Five is strongly sure. prefer the second possession. Okay, Of the 10... Uh, staffers across the NFL who this is their job yes three of them said lean towards the first possession okay. three of them said strongly preferred the second possession four of them said it's a 50-50 call and the fact that that it is basically what those results tell you three on one side three on the other four in the middle that it's the middle and that I think that becomes a feel situation do you want to, do you, are you rolling or are you feeling aggressive and you want to put the pressure on a team or do you want to know what you need to do and react you but that comes with knowing yourself knowing your team and knowing what you're up against and i don't know if you're the 49ers even if you're in this situation if you want to give Mahomes the last opportunity. Yeah, the and Kyle Shanahan said we wanted the third possession because if Kansas City goes down, they kick a field goal there, then you are in a territory where you get the ball back and then it's sudden death at that point and you can end it. No matter what, Patrick Mahomes is going to have the ball in his mm-hmm. hands. And that's where I go, knowing who is on the other side of the field – that's when you make that call. And the match makes that's sense. Where and if they match you, so if you get a touchdown, they get a touchdown, now it's your chance to be done and over with. Done and over with then. He knew Patrick Mahomes was going to get his points. And he was going to get a score. It was just a matter of what the score was. But flow of the game, the fact that number 15 was back there, I would have wanted the ball second. Because there's one big difference in all of this, too, that is getting discussed, but uh, I think there's a lot more to it. And it has to do with the guy on the other sideline, Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. Now you can... We could go both ways on the call by Kyle Shanahan to either take the ball first in overtime or kick the ball. As the analytics people of the NFL are, are saying, you, there, it, there, there are clear methodologies for both. There's like half and half is yeah. like, hey, it's a 50-50 split with this new overtime rule, which I think if you're thinking of it in those terms, that is a perfect overtime rule, though. Yes. Let's just stop the clock, though. You what know, get rid the of the clock, clock for? Like, like the 
the uh, the G League, the, the, they run a uh, an overtime. They do the Elam ending. Yeah. But they put the clock at sixty minutes. I'm like, why don't we just turn the clock off? Like, it, yeah. just, it is what it is. Why and you we, can why say we, clock? we don't need the clock, but what we can do is after both teams have a possession, we take a commercial break and we have a break there. Yeah. You you can have it that sure. way. You can, you can go down that road, but. There is an explanation for both ways, whether you agree or disagree with the way that Kyle Shanahan went with it. Essentially, what this game did is, and like most overtime games in the NFL do, though, like this was the old overtime rule. San Francisco kicked a field goal. Got the touchdown. Kansas City was able to get the ball and score a touchdown. <laughs> and, the, and the game, that's what happened. But I do think there's a big difference in the way that both of these teams were prepared for overtime. Now, Michael Hardman said when he he scored the game-winning touchdown, he blacked out because it didn't seem like he realized the game was over. Uh, but it was the preparedness of the Kansas City Chiefs as opposed to the preparedness of the San Francisco 49ers for a situation where this game goes into overtime because you heard Chris Jones after the game he said they're crazy for doing it the way they did because that's what we wanted to do. And in the Super Bowl preparations, Andy Reid had told the Kansas City Chiefs, if we go to overtime, there are new rules, laid out what the new rules were, mm -hmm. and said, if we win the toss, we will kick, put our defense on the field first, and then have our offense with the opportunity to respond. Because if the 49ers score a touchdown on that first drive, we're going to go down, score a touchdown, go for two, and end the game. That is what was conveyed from Andy Reid to the Chiefs players. Meanwhile, Kyle Juszczyk of the 49ers, he had no idea. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really... I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. Levels of preparedness. I think that shows why Andy Reid is one a phenomenal coach. Because he covered all of his, dotted all of his I's, crossed all of his T's. The, the interesting math part of this real quick, though, is this. There is a difference between the kickoff at the beginning of the game and the kickoff in overtime. It is not the same rules. It is not the same percentages. When you're talking about the kickoff at the beginning of a game and the importance of it, or even kickoff at halftime, your values change because your inputs change. Because over the course of four quarters at the beginning of the game, there's so many other things that can happen. The values and what you independently value, whether it's being on the field first and putting pressure on, something less or more intrinsic than something you, know, you can quantify, versus the response, because it's such a short period. Most, you would think, three possessions. And because of that, I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way. I think it very much has to do with preference and preparation and what you want to do. And I think with the Chiefs here and Andy Reid specifically, laying that out ahead of time and even going so far as to say they're going to go for two lets you know where their priorities lie within that preparation and the execution and the belief in their own internal system. I think there is a lot of... That preparedness of just going over those details of if this game goes into overtime, though, is exactly why I think the level of preparation for things that they know that they will see, whether it is, hey, this is how Steve Wilkes is going to adjust, this is how Kyle Shanahan's going to adjust, it is that level of preparedness and checking every box all the way down, those are huge. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine, Kyle Juszczyk just said, you score a touchdown, you win the game. 
Could you imagine if the 49ers drive doesn't stall out? If Chris Jones doesn't come in in overtime, Chris Jones was an absolute disruptor. If Chris Jones doesn't come untouched right off the right guard, mm-hmm. right tackle, and is in Brock Purdy's face, Legereus Sneed fell down in coverage, and Brandon Ayuk was wide open in the but middle Nick. of the end zone. Brock Purdy, if he has a half of a second to react, throws that ball to Brandon Ayuk, and he's standing by himself in the middle of the end zone. If Chris Jones isn't just the absolute animal in in overtime and really late stretches mm-hmm. of the game, if Brandon Ayuk scores, the 49ers are going to be celebrating like they won the game. Mm-hmm. Do you know how deflating that is if they run out onto the field thinking they won? Because Juszczyk is saying, like, I just thought we scored a touchdown. We go, they didn't go over this rule. So then you have to pull back off the field, put your defense back on the Take field, on and say, go ahead, now you got Patrick Mahomes. That is the, that's the issue that I have here. It isn't whether the, the, the fact that Kyle Shanahan a lack of said, I want the ball first or I want the ball second. You can sit there and you can have your qualms about that. Because the analytics community is is split 50-50. But what I do have like an issue with is the team didn't know. They didn't go, they didn't check that box going, you have two weeks for this game of all of the games to go down the line and say every single box needs to be checked. And this was one that wasn't. That way, if I'm a 49er fan, that's what I take issue with. That probably bothers me more than anything. Yeah. Some of your feedback, 503-864-6326. To start hour number two, Danny and Dusty on the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Danny and Dusty. What God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The Fan. 503-864-6326. That's a Vancouver Ford text on your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. Got a lot of feedback on Super Bowl 58. 25-22, the Chiefs beat the 49ers in overtime. Hell of a game. Great way to celebrate the end of the football season. Just a, a, an incredible game to finish it off with. Have you allowed yourself to mourn the end of football yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Uh, Super Bowl parties aren't parties; they're wakes. Mm. Um, you celebrate the life that was the football season, mm. the joy that it gave you, the sadness that you went through, the turbulent times that you had during it. So it was, it was great. You know, as I'm watching some of the the replays of Patrick Mahomes running the ball, 
during the game. I want to tip my cap to Patrick Mahomes, not just for his performance, but for not being a whiny bee. He was not. He was not. All game long, it was something that I noticed. I was like, there was one play where my, my father-in-law thought he was looking for a flag, but it was where he completed the pass, and he's looking up at the at the Jumbotron on the other side because he can't see the play. Because, you know, normally you get to look up at the ref, like, come on, throw the flag after he got hit kind of a deal. But it was like, it was very clear he was staring at the screen because he couldn't see what was happening behind him. But every time he ran, he made a conscious effort to either lower his shoulder and take a hit, get out of bounds, or slide early. And never once did he do the, oh, but I got hit stuff. So kudos to him. That game was, I, I don't see how anybody came off as unlikable in that game. E- even, we'll get to this this hour, the Travis Kelsey thing is, is absolutely absurd. Absolutely. People, people pearl clutching about that. It's like, it's, it blows my mind. Yeah. It happens every game. Uh, we have a bunch of texts coming in on the Vancouver Ford text line. I uh, wanted to get some of those, uh, read those. Uh, this one, P1B Rod saying about the decision to go ahead and get the ball first instead of taking it second. Take the ball Mahomes was gonna was on fire going into overtime. Kyle made the right call. Niners defense had already been on the field a lot. It was the right call. RJ said San Francisco's defense had been on the field battling their asses off to even get to OT. Got to give them a breather before making them immediately try to stop Mahomes again. Here's the thing that in uh, again I don't. If you want to say I don't think Shanahan taking the ball first. I don't have a problem with it. No, I, I don't think there's a wrong call there. Taking it third, I don't have a problem with. But the idea that their defense had been on the field for such a long time, mm-hmm. do you know how long Kansas City's drive was? It was a minute and say, 50 quick, seconds. Right? So they went field goal by the Niners offense after a three-minute, 53-second drive. So it wasn't like you went three and out into that two-minute drive. You had a seven-play, three-minute and 53-second drive. Then you go 11 plays, a minute 50, and that is a lot of plays, but you also have to understand that in there, uh, you had two timeouts taken in that one minute and 50 second drive, a television timeout after you scored the, the field goal, after Kansas City scores the field goal, and then remember, the kickoff happened, you have Brock Purdy come out, take a knee, then you go and you go through all of the overtime. You bring out the captains. Mm-hmm. You do the coin toss. It wasn't like it was a lot. Like yeah. it's a two. It, was, it wasn't a five minute and thirty I think, second drive. I think it, and for the Super Bowl, I think there are three minute breaks too, mm-hmm. because the commercial breaks are long. So it was anywhere between two and three minute Hell, break. Maybe maybe mentally, it's a good thing for the offense to go out first because the defense just gave up the score that allowed it to go to overtime. Yeah. But I, I, the protecting the defense and, and being out there for so long. There, there's two timeouts in a one minute and fifty second drive. Not only the that, particularly like, you look at the, the evenness of this game. I, we're gonna, I'm going to go a little number heavy here, real quick. Both had uh, first downs. It was twenty three to twenty four. Okay, total plays seventy one to seventy nine. Total drives thirteen apiece. Like you just kind of go down the list. They basically ran the ball the same. They threw the ball the same. They both each had two turnovers. Total time of possession. 38-31 to 36-26. This game, all the way down, was about as even as it goes. It was awesome. It was about timing of turnovers and where turnovers took pl- took place. 
that ultimately were probably the things that were the most impactful in this game. And dudes just making plays mm-hmm. when it mattered the most. And I think that that is where you look at if San Francisco and you looked at what Steve Spagnolo's game plan is. We talked about this last week. Like, who do you take away first? And for me, it was if you're looking at San Francisco from Steve Spagnolo, you know Christian McCaffrey is going to get fed mm-hmm. the ball. And he did. 22 carries and eight catches. He, and he, he was productive 30, as hell. He had 30 touches on the day. For me, it was Spags. You've got to take away Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel was rendered mostly ineffective and a non-factor in the game. I mean, he was none of that. He was even the opportunities he did have to make plays. I thought he was disappointing. I mean, you look at McCaffrey. You said thirty touches. He had a hundred and sixty total yards and a touchdown, and a very uncharacteristic fumble. And Debo had a. I mean, they got him the ball on a screen. He had a cup, two, three runs. He ran the ball three times, which is funny. For they got him yards, on a screen, but he had the one for nine. Then he had two negative, two negative yard screens because the Chiefs came up and blew him up in the backfield. He is where defenses get broke because he takes eyes, and if you get those eyes in the backfield and looking at all the window dressings, that's where Christian McCaffrey gets free, George Kittle gets free. And it really is, like you look at the last play of the game, it's exactly what got San Francisco lost and beat because they brought Michael Hardman in on that motion in overtime, and they bring him down to, to a condensed bunch formation on, on the right side of the offensive line in what ended up happening. You had Logan Ryan, who was outside leverage of, of Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He had to jump inside because then the corner is now outside leverage guy. And so when you bring that motion in and they called the play, everybody's calling the play corn dog. It's not. It's called Tom and Jerry because it's a cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. Because see which one what Andy Reid wants to do is he wants to bring Michael Hardman in. And if you get that jump inside then Travis Kelsey's release then goes vertically instead of an outside release to the outside because he then gets in the way of Logan Ryan, creates a natural rub, and by going vertical, he picks up the corner. So you get that cat and mouse of, all right, Logan Ryan is either going to run with Travis Kelsey on inside leverage mm-hmm. or he's going to release him to the corner. And right when he released Kelsey to the corner, you saw Kelsey was celebrating mid-play. he knew just how open it was going to be. Because... W- he knew that if Logan Ryan is the flat defender and he's he's got that shallow on the outside of the field, can't make it. then Miko Hardman has got a step on him mm-hmm. because he created that rub. It was a touchdown no matter what. The, the best way that they could have played it is if you're chasing with Logan Ryan, you bring the corner up, but then you're giving up a corner to the back pylon, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. You're not going to give that up. <laughs> you're going to say, we're going to roll the dice with Miko Hardman yeah. instead. Now, it was it, a beautiful play, but it was big-time players making those plays in, in crunch time, which made the game. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's ultimately what this game came down to. And I, I don't want to say that Brock Purdy blew the game, because I don't think that's the case. But they're in a game like this that is so tightly contested, where it's so even, and we just went, kind of went down th- through the numbers, you only get two or three chances to make the big play, the, the break-your-back, punch you in the face play and the chiefs they made theirs to win the game that's you know that that's when it was the niners had three different opportunities and purdy missed two and Ayuk apparently in the post game said that he ran the wrong route on a third 
And you look at those, and it's like, I felt like the entire game, the 49ers were the better team playing better, except in the the last execution phase. And I think that ultimately that ended up being the difference in the game. And most of it, I don't think you can solely put on Purdy, right? So no, like the last, like, that's what I say. That, I don't yeah. want it to seem like I'm no. blaming Purdy. But it, it was it was that group effort because Purdy missed Debo Samuel up the seam. Mm-hmm. There was the miscommunication where Brandon Ayuk, it, it was an overthrow, and Purdy put it in the end zone where nobody was around the yeah. ball. Ayuk flattened took flattened his route out where if he takes it skinnier and holds it high. Probably a touchdown throw, an easy one. There was, but then you had like that third down in in overtime where Chris Jones just absolutely comes untouched through the middle of the offensive line. What you don't ever want to see happen is that man coming untouched. As, well, as the same time as Legereus Need falls down and Brandon Ayuk is by himself in the end zone. Definitely don't want that to happen. But you look at, it's not just the right guard not blocking the right person. Because if you look at the way that Steve Spagnuolo set that play up, mm-hmm. they had three over three on over the center, the left tackle, and the left guard. Mm-hmm. And they said... Was it McDuffie that they brought down in the box? They had to bring out... You had to loop your center around to the outside, which means that your guard had to... Your right guard had, had to, to block, block down, down. Or the other guy's coming. Mm-hmm. So it was an overload, and they had to slide the protection. They just didn't get any sort of chip on the outside from McCaffrey because he was supposed to be releasing out. It was, that, Again, and that is it. Much, That's much like Much like the offense when you're talking about the decision that had to be made, yeah. they, put, they, put, they put that 49ers team in a position to make a decision, and they targeted a guy on defense in Logan Ryan who was older and, and, and lacked experience in time with, with the team, and the same thing on the other side, where their right guard, where their right guard goes out and they target the guy Who's stepping in? Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, it is. Woo! It, it's it's fun. It, it was a lot of fun. Let's get to the Travis Kelsey thing though, because there are people that are are big mad about Travis Travis Kelsey bumping into Andy Reid on the field, saying, "Let me play." We'll get to that next on the fan. People are very mad at Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid on the sideline. And the optics of it at first, I was like, whoa, uh, that's not going to be good. I was thinking more along the lines of like Taylor Swift's, the Swifties were going to come up and be like, she can't be with him anymore. Abusive. She can't be with him. Look at that rage. Look at that yeah. anger. Dude was wildly frustrated in the first half of that game. One target, one catch, one, one yard. yard. And being taken out of the game on in, in certain situations, he was very upset. The uh, when he bumped Andy Reid, if you watch his hand, he tries to grab Andy Reid's arm mm-hmm. because in it, Andy Reid even said it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did. Good. He was really coming over just to go. Just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know. So that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So I listen. I appreciate him. Yeah, that's that's the thing of this is is like. 
this isn't the first time, not only for Travis Kelsey, but for any of his star players ever, because when a star player's not on the field and something goes wrong, guess what they're thinking? I would have made the play because that's how they got to where they are in their career. And there's a there's a lot of things that like like we have a text that comes in that says in the heat of the moment things happen, but the idea that Kelsey bumping his coach like the coach needs his help putting together a game plan should be criticized. Rasheed Wallace throwing a towel at Sabonis, Des Bryant blowing up on the sideline, Jimmy Butler's antics, Antonio Brown walking off the field, etc. Tra- Travis Kelsey's actions treat Kelsey's actions the same energy, not the end of the world, but being afraid to criticize that uh, less than ideal behavior is straight up soft. No, here's the thing. Every single person that he just named, Sheed, Dez, Jimmy even, AB, Antonio Bryant, and I saw a lot of like, the, could you imagine if Stefan Diggs did this? Yes. All of those guys had been criticized at one point or another in their careers of being bad locker room guys. Selfish. Being loose cannons. Me. It, absolutely. All of those things. That has never been a tag with Travis Kelsey. And I think that your your history, your what you have done as a teammate, as a player. Also, I don't think a first ballot Hall of Famer yelling at a first ballot ballot Hall of Fame coach on the sideline in the heat of a moment is anything anybody should ever get worked up by because we see this all the time. And you would be shocked. And look, with what Travis Kelsey did. If any of those other guys did it too, like in, in the moment where one target, one catch, we saw T.O. do this one to Andy Reid. I would be like, I get it. Yes, even the divas. But to sit there and say like, treat those guys with the same energy? No, no, you don't because of the track record. Because Travis Kelsey's not a nightmare. Done. We saw AJ Brown said they would have had me out of league if I did this. No, they wouldn't have you out of league if you did this if you weren't out there being a nightmare post-game in press conferences. (laughs) Like you didn't leave your teammates hanging all season long? Yeah, like (laughs) there's a difference, man. Yeah, You aren't out there doing commercials with Jalen Hurts. And I think that that is where this whole thing, and they're like, oh my gosh, he's he's so... All of these guys are so amped up. And the the Richard Sherman, Michael Crabtree thing, I I will go back to that. when Remember when he yelled around Aaron Andrews? Mm Mm-hmm. I defended Richard Sherman because it's like, dude, you get a guy in the heat of the moment like that and tell them to calm down. Do you realize how amped up you have to be in in bordering and crossing over that line of crazy mm-hmm. to go and play in the NFL, to play at that level? Cuckoo. Like, I don't like if those guys in the heat of the moment, there's a lot of yelling. There's yes. a lot of screaming, a lot of MFing that you don't see. And it's, but the it happens. second that whistle blows. It happens. And you get something separated it was really funny i was watching uh taylor Lewan was talking about how he him and uh the watts don't get along uh <laughs> oh but it was he goes sunk it well he goes it's entirely on me i i said a lot of things to jj personally that were crossed <laughs> a lot of lines like but i always treated it like once the whistle was over you know it's it is what it is he goes but i crossed that line with tj because i spit in his face yeah. He goes, yeah, no, that one was, it's it's too far. Like, they, they have every right to, to be mad at me. But, like, that's the point. Like, on the field, guys do crazy, insane things. Crazy that Whether it's their coaches, to their teammates, to their opponents. Like, it's, does it linger? Is it one of those things? And that's the thing. is like, nobody's ever said that about Kelsey. And that's, yeah. does he get the pass? And I've, I've seen it like, oh, oh, it's it's coded. It's like, no, no, it's not coded. It's, 
he gets the pass because he doesn't have the baggage. That's yeah. that's the code. Yeah, the ba- it, it, the baggage means a lot in these conversations. Yeah. And there the baggage that he's carrying is Taylor Swift, but that's a different kind of baggage. Yes. That's Louis. That's a, that, is that that's what Dion's Louis. talking about. Full circle. <laughs> I love it. I love how upset people got in in just like God needs to get him out. That guy. There's no place for that in football. Like it, there is. Do you see what they're time. trying to do on every play? And Kill Andy Reid like tripping over his own feet was also very funny because he didn't yeah. see Travis Kelsey coming, and he just bumped him. And he's like, "Well, wait." I love. And again. I guarantee what Andy said in the post game was not like, oh, let me kind of defuse this situation. You know, this is a problem. I guarantee yeah. Andy Reid in that moment and in the post game did not care. <laughs> well, it worked, whatever it worked, because he got seven catches for 85 yards in the second half. So eight. <laughs> oh, eight catches. He finished with nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nine catches, 93 yards for the rest of the game. More, I think it worked. More, I think he was right. More impactful change yelling at Andy Reid or Dre Greenlaw getting hurt. Dre Greenlaw getting hurt. Mm. Dre Greenlaw still getting hurt. I think that one still lingers. And that may be that may have been it. It's like, dude, their best linebacker in coverage just got hurt running onto the field, and they brought out a go kart to bring, take him to the locker room. I think I should get the ball and be on the field more. That's, that's a that's a tough that's a tough way. If you're Dre Greenlaw today, I hope you feel better, man. I hate seeing that. Like I, I hate suck, but. Injuries that on something so innocuous in that moment, you have to feel like you're letting your team down. Where, look, Drake Greenlaw, he ruptured his Achilles or ter- tears his Achilles in the Super Bowl. Dude's not playing until November no. of next year. If, so now if, you need to, yeah, yeah. if he's depending lucky. On, depending on the severity. and If he's lucky, you're getting him at Thanksgiving Day game. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's not good for the Niners, not good for their defense either. And that like that is the biggest thing is injury luck means so damn much. Yeah. It 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 really does. And look at Kansas City. Kansas City good they have the Aminahue injury, they have the Joe Thune injury, mm-hmm. and they still just keep still chipping away. And, away. and what's insane about this before we, we get to the worst day, you we questioned where that pass rush was gonna come from. They were in Purdy's face the entire game. Yeah. They were. A, a team that you didn't think you had to worry well, about. In, in defense of the Niners, they were in Mahomes' face yes, the entire which, game, too. Again, we talked about him not not, <laughs> not being sacked basically the entire playoffs. They got to him endlessly. Eric Armstead had a couple. A little former duck there. I thought it was like, ooh, we got Eric Armstead. Then it was like, nope, Jawan Jennings is going to be the MVP. <laughs> no, Patrick Mahomes is going to go in overtime 8-for-8 eight eight with 27 yards rushing to go along with it. Nobody's ever done that before. And he's just going to win the Super Bowl and the MVP. Just uh, strip it right from you. The insane thing about the Jennings one, he was plus 30,000 for MVP. And if the 49ers God win damn. that game, he's the MVP. Third and Juwan. Imagine that. You just throw in a nice little, uh, imagine you throw a little little, little 10 spot down. Uh, yeah. But turn, that would be nice. Turn, turn it into a couple grand off of sideways bet. That would have been very nice. Well. That would have been very nice. That's a whole lot nicer than uh, losing more than a million dollars, which is where we'll go to next on our worst day on the web. But first, here's the big Kahuna Sports Center update. Hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's time for today's worst day on the web. 
with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. That sucks. It's only been in the coming out of the worst day on the web for the last week of football. We talk gambling. Yeah. Oh, this is a brutal loss. And I picked the 49ers and I picked the over, both of which did not go my way. However, I did not um, I did not do what one better at Caesar Sportsbook did, who he spent $1.3 million to aid the uh, poor fund of Las Vegas casinos. Oh, man. People are really worried about the casinos and how they're going to stay open. Sarah McLaughlin really needs to do an infomercial. Although they did, they took, they took it in the shorts because of Kansas City winning. Yes. They were hoping San Francisco would win yeah. that Super Bowl because all of the money was coming in KC's way. And they're so smart. Like, they are... The score's 25-22 in overtime. The over-under was set at 47 and a half. They gave us 47 and a hook. They were half point off. I lost a uh, seven-leg parlay. Just like, I just put, you know, I always do that on on really every NFL weekend. (laughs) Um, I was wondering if you were going to tease that out there. No, it's Mm. just, but I just put a couple bucks down on one because you hit it and it's fun, right? That one time you hit it, it pays for all of your parlays the rest of your life. And it's great. You know what I missed on? Hmm. I missed Brock Over. Purdy's rushing yards by a half yard. yard. It was a ha- half yard. Yeah. It was a half 13 yard. and a half, right? It was a half of a yard. No, because I got an alternate line on it. Oh. It was a half of a half of a yard. They're so damn smart. I was like, ha, got the value on wrong. Does that, does that factor that in sack yards? No. Okay. No, but you know what well, made me really mad at the end of regulation? I was like, kneel down. I go, he, I go, I got it. That was the that kneel down. That's what did it. He went. No, no, I had the under. He. Oh, gotcha. He went. I had the under on eleven and a half, and he got twelve yards. He just shot his knee down. It was like a half yard loss. I was go. Oh no, because he usually get step back. This step back. No, not Brock Purdy. But no, I'm not. I'm not bitter. Mm. I look. This is off of like. Five dollars. I couldn't imagine what homeboy just lost on this Super Bowl. Yeah, so this gentleman had placed three individual bets. Not a parlay that I know of, but he, first of all, Tails never fails, bit him. $100,000 on that. Dang. Got you in overtime, though. You got Tails. Mm, You got Tails in overtime. I wonder if he doubled down on it. (laughs) A little bet back. Uh, $200,000 he lost on Brock Purdy to win MVP, which was plus 240 on the books. I still find that to be kind of crazy. A quarterback being plus money. Yeah, well, game manager. And it would have been, he would have been like third on that list. It probably would have been Jennings McCaffrey than him, to be honest. If mm-hmm. it, unless he did something crazy down the stretch. And I'll tell you what, if Armstead would have gotten another sack like late to seal it. You could have maybe... Argued you could. Oh, they only gave him credit for one sec. I thought he had two. He I had a bunch. He had, he had a bunch of hits. Yeah, him and Bosa both had a bunch. Yeah, of hits. so I, I would say that it would have been. Yeah, it would Jennings, McCaffrey, then, then Brock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the hit here is he. This better also put uh, one million on the 49ers to oh, win. Oh boy! So a collective one point three million dollars <laughs> thrown out to the poor children of Las Vegas casinos. We appreciate your donations. Like I cringe at that, but if you're putting down one point three million dollars on a on a game, I, I mean you're 
you're probably worth a lot more. It still stings. Losing a million dollars stings. It does say no this person what. is from Michigan, so I'm assuming it's probably one of oh. Dan Gil or not Dan Gil, uh, 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 Tom Izzo Tom, or, oh, Tom or Izzo. Uh, Matt Ishbia. I think it's Ishbia probably, probably Ishbia. owner of the Suns. Mm-hmm. The quick is it Quicken? No, he's no Quicken's, Quicken's Gilbert. That's why I Rocket? said that. No, that's that's also. Gilbert. Oh. They go head to head. He has another mortgage company that goes head to head against them. Yeah, I well, they named the the basketball arena after whatever In Michigan Ish- State yeah. Ishbia has. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, one point three million stuff out there thrown away. I would have taken that. Like the I one point three. Yeah, yeah. I would have paid him out. I would have paid him out on the coin toss. Even I would have taken his action. Be like, you know what. I feel bad. It was you were close. Tails doesn't fail. I'll give you your money back. And I still would have, I would have been okay with that. I think as a as a bookie in this instance, that guy would appreciate me a lot more than he's appreciating. Vegas come back, right now. come back more often. Yeah. yeah, I would not have been able to pay him if he would have won any of those. Bets. No, but I would have given him his two hundred grand maybe, on maybe a coin toss. Bucks. I, imagine that you said two hundred thousand dollars on a coin toss. Yeah. That's literally a flip of a coin, and he's like, "Yep, two hundred k." It was like when I was. That's what I'm rolling with. When I was holding a particular necklace oh. uh, a couple nights ago, realizing that I had three hundred thousand dollars in my hand. Okay, that's it's insane <laughs> to think about that. Just like, why were you holding a three hundred thousand dollar necklace in your hands? Just DeAndre Ayton's necklace. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made a joke. I, I made I made an observation about that sounds heavy, and then he put it in my hand. It was. And well, he said that's a kilo, and he wasn't joking. Oh, it weighed like two and a half pounds. Jeez. It was, it was heavy, man. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of money. It's either that or it was like made in China, like uh, out of steel. <laughs> Either way, doesn't matter. Heavy. heavy, heavy, very heavy. Very How heavy, about heavy. this text? My coworker went to UNLV in the eighties. He and his brother sat down in a sports book, and his brother proceeded to lay down a fifteen leg parlay on college football games, and it hit for like ten or fifteen k payout. Coworker said that it was on a bunch of random teams too, like they were rooting for someone like Middle Tennessee State to cover against Incarnate Word. <laughs> That is, and that's the best part about going to Vegas and like sitting in a sports book, or you go up to A and you sit in the sports book. Mm-hmm. March Madness was so much fun, and oh, yeah. when we went up there uh, last year, because you get into it, like I have no idea where start, some of these schools are. You're but I'm sixteen in. seeds. I'm you're, in. You're like let's go, let's go, Murray State, let's go, Racers. You hear about some horrible story about why they're they are where they are. It's like uh, the NFL draft, you know, every time they t- they mention, well, this person came from, well, this family member died, this one's in jail, and then you're just, they, they build this whole story behind it, and you're like, oh, can, can we not? One of my favorite stories along this regard was, so when Southern Oregon played in the national championship in like, uh, 2014, mm-hmm. they played Marion, uh, which is a school out in Indianapolis area. They had Not a, Marion County, home of, of the Marionberry. Yeah, they had a uh, a linebacker who went to Purdue, and there was a story story about him leading into the national championship game that he had to he had to play the national championship game with an ankle monitor on. Mm. <laughs> had to give permission to leave the state. 
Yeah, it was like, whoa! Like you, that's I don't know if this is landing with the sob story that you thought it was going to be. It's not the heart. You're not pulling at the heartstrings here. Yeah, the dude's playing in the national championship game with an ankle monitor on. I, I guess you know where he's at. You can yeah. just you can just you can turn on TV. throw on ESPN. You yeah. there he is right there. I wonder if something like that, speaking of gambling, would ever like influence a line. Wait. Huh? In the sense of like, well, you know, this this there's 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 this little worry here about this particular player out there performing with an ankle monitor on. Would that would that ever influence a line? Well, I don't uh betting line? I don't know. I I don't I don't think that guy's playing if he's not playing in the NAIA, I can tell you that much. <laughs> also, what what does the rule book <laughs> state about that with player safety? Ah, he's he's got to tape it up. It's like like a cast. I guess. He's got to tape it up. Make sure, you're good. Make sure you're good to go. Maybe maybe there's a market out there for lower weight ankle monitors for so you can participate <laughs> in athletic activities. You know? Yeah. yeah. Be more agile. Yeah. So uh, they probably don't want that. All right, coming up next, the most important part about the, the Super Bowl weekend or Super Bowl day, the commercials. Were they good? Were they great? Were they awful? We'll get to that in Mark and Baron Danny and Dusty Tenney, the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, gentlemen. Time to add up. Tally them up. Get your scores out. What was the best commercial from Super Bowl Sunday? Well, obviously, Victor Ecos. I was just upset I was not part of it. Listen, when it came not on. part of the Victor Ecos Super Bowl app. I gave a legitimate, hey, Victor Ecos. <laughs> and my, everybody was there was like, What's that? We is, love is Victor that a, is that a local thing? I'm like, no, we love it. It's very good. It's a local spot. Support them. We love them. Yeah, it was badass. Crackers burritos are awesome. Okay, uh, outside of that one, I, there were. There's really only two that I was like, mm. those are good. Those are good. One being the Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. The Dunkings. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Um, I almost said Jack Mark Harlan. Wahlberg. Jack Harlow. Tom Brady, Brady. Thomas Edward no. Brady. Who I don't. When's the last time that guy ate a donut? No, never. No, never. But that one was also, that one was legitimately good. Lopez and, still looking fantastic. Oh, yeah. And Fat Joe, like, how much did Fat Joe get paid in that? Because all you all he did was just like slide You're in right. and show his face. Can I just say and then I, pop uh, out? I ran into Fat Joe when I was in Vegas. Uh, he was flying back on the same yeah. plane as me from Las Vegas at last summer league. He has to have somebody that travels with him that trims his beard and his hair because it's it looks like it's it looks like it's glued on. It's so yeah. perfectly done at all times. Well, that's it's a, incredible. Uh, I can imagine that entire I, side. Note. I wonder if he just has his beard tattooed on his face at this point. You it's know? it's that clean. Um, <laughs> also, giving credit to Jennifer Lopez, looking tremendous she at her age. Great. My God, I think if you're gonna give a, a a also a nod for looking unbelievable at their age, Beyonce's commercial. Well, Beyonce just when they zoomed in on her in the luxury suite, I was like, like "Oh whoa. my god, she's gorgeous!" Yes. Then Jay Z, good for him. There's hope for all of us. Good for him. Great Beyonce for him. Also announcing her album coming out. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. So that that one. I will go number two after Duncan, mm. and this is the only one that I, I thought was good and made me laugh. Was the Arnold Danny DeVito State Farm commercial. Like a good neighbor. 
Instead, they had to bring in DeVito to say neighbor because he can't say his R's. Those outside of that, I was just kind of like, meh, meh. They were okay. Ads are losing their luster a little bit. A lot of the same old, same old, like, there's only so many of the E-Trade babies. E-trade babies yeah. There's only so many of the, all right, Uber Eats, how many celebrities are you going to try to jam in into one commercial doing the same thing as you did the year before? At least Duncan had, like, a bunch of celebrities, but it was something new and it was different than what we've seen. I'm not a big serious commercial guy, but I thought the Dove in the... Uh, the body image commercial that they did. I yep. thought that was really good. Um, and then I just, I had no idea that Jesus had the money for, for Super Bowl ads. I mean, that, yeah, was, that, that one surprised that me, the washing the yeah. feet. I'm like, what do we got going here? I'd have a lot more money if I didn't pay taxes too. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. The Etsy commercial was, was cheeky fun. The Statue Etsy. of Liberty and the cheese board. I don't remember you know that, that one. one? The, the, no. They showed the the ship showing up with the the uh, Statue of Liberty in, oh. in, the, into the New York Harbor, and they, they look around the room like, "Oh, that's a really good present. We gotta, <laughs> we got to do something." And so they're like, "What do we get the French? What do they like?" And everybody just kind of stands around and blankly looks at each other, and then like some little kids like cheese. They like cheese. Jeez. And so it's like they like they went onto Etsy and got a giant oh, yeah. cheese board for them, Jeez. and then they show them in France with a giant cheese board. And it, they, the French start cheering and crying because they love cheese. They love cheese that it's much. Wine, wine All right, that's good. I'm, tra- I'm trying to scroll through the Uber Eats one where Jennifer Aniston forgets David Schwimmer. See, that's all thing. That's something I think we all wish we could do. Yeah, he's the terrible friend. He's the worst friend. Mm-hmm. He's the worst friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm scrolling through to try to remember him. That's that's the problem. Is I have to scroll through to Wait, try to remember the Snapchat one was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, that, was that one a, wasn't great because it was the last like five seconds. Snapchat. It's not social media. It's like yeah, it is. Huh? <laughs> it's the way to cheat on your spouse. Yeah. Drum, Snapchat. Drumstick was good. Doctor Umstick. Okay. Drumstick didn't know that they were doing well enough to have Super Bowl ads. Yeah. So good for them. We had this conversation. Are drumsticks overrated or underrated? Underrated because I've never had a drumstick. I mean, like that was a bad idea. That's a valid point. I well, I have sometimes they get a little messy. Here's my thing: I think that they are underrated because I love me a drumstick. The little treat that they give you with chocolate at the bottom of the cone. I don't. Whoever came up with that, they deserve a raise. Yeah, Yeah. it's the super sweet at the very bottom. Just Nobel Prize. It Mm -hmm. gives you like a reward for all that work of getting through that cone. I also like when they have the little the, the fudge center in them. Mm. That's good because mm. here's the thing: if you just get just the ice cream drumstick, the ice cream isn't great. It's really hard, <laughs> and you're just working through it. But when you get that little fudge center, it's a nice little reward in there. My other thing, and this is what I said: if you want to kick a drumstick up a notch, instead of doing nuts on on the top and chocolate, what if we did like you know Nestle's Crisp, right? Like a Nestle's Crunch, Crunch. bar. They have the oh, crisp, yeah. the crisp yeah. in it instead of doing nuts on there. Oh yeah, I, like I think that with. that would be great. I I want to start a, a business where I upgrade the drumstick a little bit. But that that was a good one. Drumstick it was good to see them. Look at like a drumstick Esquire. The the <laughs> the the other ad that stood out to me that I was like, this feels weird was the Pfizer ad. <laughs> Yeah. Where they like they're like Pfizer and then they're like Hippocrates and then like Pfizer and then another philosopher Pfizer another person that impacted history and I'm like didn't Pfizer charge like three thousand dollars for a drug that saved lives last year like what 
what what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like uh, nobody's going out and searching out Pfizer. Pfizer. We got all the money in the world yeah. to develop a COVID vaccine. Like maybe just don't. Yeah, just the, just we're go good. away. We're uh, fine. Keep stealing. I mean, no, no, no. Don't go no, no, away. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like publicly. Don't go away. Go just away keep, in the marketing keep sphere. Doing, yeah. What do you, keep stealing what do your billions and just, just we don't, we don't need to see you. We're good. <laughs> Let us know how you really feel, Danny. Yeah, well, just saying. You know, maybe the drug industry. Maybe we don't need ads for drugs. Maybe we just need, I don't know, your doctor to prescribe what you need, as opposed <laughs> to go into your doctor because you want this drug. <laughs> That's a good point. Just saying. It's a good point. Hey, I want that. <laughs> All right. Hey, I saw this ad for this drug. Can I take it? <laughs> Seems like the wrong way to go about pharmaceuticals, but that's just me. Yeah, pharmaceuticals uh, n- kind of having their way. Kind of having their way with everything. Just saying. It, it knows no political party that they can't infiltrate. <laughs> that part Wait, is which, true. That was another one that I was like, what am the I Kennedy watching? Ad? The Robert F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. ad where I was like, what? Uh, okay. Where he he took right. he took the ads from Go ahead from John F. Kennedy and and repurposed them. Yeah, it was just like you know we're gonna roll this one okay. out here. It's not an ad. I'm gonna get it political. Did oh, you great. see the Joe Biden tweet at the end of the game? <laughs> Laser eyes, Joe Biden. <laughs> what the hell? So he's just subtweeting everybody that wants the... to think that there's a shadow government. What the hell? I was the like, official account of the president of the United States <laughs> tweeted laser eyes. Well, to be fair, it's not the account of the it's his personal account. It's not the POTUS account. Yeah. But I well, Just hold saying. on. Are we acting that might like be it was worse. Are we acting like it's him who tweeted it? Right. Yeah, we know that wasn't possible. I mean, my goodness. It was obviously somebody else who tweeted that. But I, but mean, I was just like, good Lord, this is going to fire the Danny president. Up. The, the president of the United States is tweeting the same ver- like meme that I did of Mike Schmitz. Yes. That's, that's where we're at now. Well, I mean... There's worse things he could be tweeting, I guess. I but I love, I love, I love the fact that there's people like, see, NFL's rigged now. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Government oh. conspiracy. Also, we had multiple AI commercials. Yeah, that was a little weird. I but, thought some of them were pretty good, though. The Microsoft one. Yeah, the Microsoft. That's going to be a game changer yeah. for companies that can afford it, because it's going to be very expensive to use. It'll be part of Microsoft 365. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking all of our jobs. That's that's where that's going. Uh, all right. But yeah, other than that, uh, down year. Down year for the ads. Nothing Not really great. memorable. Even, you know what? They The Budweiser Clydesdales were disappointing. They were in like the third quarter, yeah. and it was a very mild ad. Oh, he's a good boy, though. Yeah, but you did have the good retriever. boy give the uh, the Clydesdale boy. a little kiss, too. Yeah, that was great. That was great. That was great. But like normally the Clydesdales leave me uh, a, a little misty-eyed. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. The we, we had this one, the, the uh, Kia commercial with the ice skating girl, where they plug like all the lights in and she's ice skating. No, mm. didn't do it for me. Yeah, like people are like, oh, how sweet. Yeah, no, make me laugh, clown. Super mm. Bowl, make me laugh. Nope, that didn't pull at any heartstrings for me. No, but we did have the Taco Bell uh, Baja Blast uh, pie thing that's coming out the gelato I missed that one yeah taco bell has they did a like a stand-up like ted ted talk meeting before the super bowl 
the day before on like I think it was I think it was Saturday. It was Friday or Saturday. And then that led into that ad, but they have like a gelato that's coming that's like Mountain Dew pie and Mountain Dew gelato. Oh, they're also collaborating with Salt and Straw on like a Taco Bell version of like basically stupid a flavors. Choco Taco. Yeah, there you go. Well okay, the Choco this ta- is the Choco where... Taco is gone. Yeah. Okay. This is where we're jumping the shark then, Salt mm. and Straw. You don't like you're this cheeky Portland small mm. ice cream shop that's making it big. Don't go taco taco bell choco taco. No. I mean No. I mean make your own. Don't don't co brand with them. Make it out of like some sort of like artificial or some like self sustained granola. I mean, well yeah, that's not Taco Bell. No. Like whatever you put in it. It's going to be way too expensive for Taco Bell because they just want the diarrhea factory. To I don't know, running. man. They just redid their menu. Just saying. Again, it happened. You're not getting me back, Taco All right. Bell. All right. Well, we'll not get you, getting me back. We'll get you guys back here in hour number three. Not till the Enchirito comes back, anyway. <laughs> you know what? You you and my father both they're dying on that hill. Uh, what hill are you dying on? The winners and losers coming out. Of Super Bowl Sunday, coaches, players, and everybody else in between. Danny and Dusty, Tenny the fan. Portland, if you've ever wondered where to get your blazers, ducks, and bees, it's right here on the airwaves of 1080. 1080 the fan with Danny and Dusty. It's Danny and Dusty and Rust from noon till three. Hour number three here on the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday, and it's quite the uh, it's, it's it's quite the uppity weekend uh, or uppity theme song for the uh, the death of football. It's over. It's over. It's officially basketball season. Three days, ladies and gentlemen. Pitchers and catchers report. Three days, cat, pitchers and catchers report, and then we've got the combine is in two weeks, so football's right back. Right in. back. We've got spring ball starting mm. around the country. Around Valentine's Day, I think, is when the earliest ones start. Also, we That's can shave wild. Jeff Rust. On Wednesday, yeah. Which, dude. I know. You, no. You have a beard now. I That's know. not a mustache. I'll shave the rest of the beard. I, just, I was going to do it this weekend, then I got a zit, and I hate shaving over a zit, so that's why I haven't shaved again. No mm, excuses. Play like a champion. Yeah. Anyway. You know what you're getting then on Wednesday? <laughs> oh, you know, know. We, we, have, we potentially have a guest on Wednesday. Who could be quite good? No, Bill Burr is set to yes. join us at twelve fifteen on on Valentine's and, Day. We'll and tell I, him how much we love him. And I have suggested to Jeff that before we shave him, we let Bill Burr have his input on what we do or don't do to Jeff's face. I'm no, I think I'm going to do it before the show, so he has three full hours of punishment. Like because then mm. if we do it before or after Burr, then it's only like two and a half hours. No, I want this. I want the full three hours of pain okay. for him. Either way, he has to drive home with it too. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. They do. I mean, well, you have to get into your car here. Whatever you do on that car ride, I is your. I feel like you business. should have to drive home with it just so that wasn't whatever, part of the bet, my friend. What, whatever we leave I you feel, with, I feel like has to be seen by some road rage guy out there. Well, it's going to be seen on the old YouTubes, yeah. so it'll live there. Yeah, for and Twitch. Ed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna definitely have uh, have some have some shorts made out of that for the old socials. I'm gonna have to like bring in something to throw down on the ground, so it's not just your mustache hair everywhere. Yeah, everybody's gonna be like, 
did somebody trim their downstairs here? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of curlies in here. A little yeah, manscaping. What's hmm. going on in here? And like working in uh, the world of radio and this station, it's not that far out of the realm of no. possibilities. Like no, somebody's like, ah, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard some horror stories about oh, what may boy. or may not have happened at certain points. Some weird things that go on in that room. Yeah. Oh, this room? Yeah. Tread lightly, sir. <laughs> I'll put it this way. There's a bonus to being by myself over here. Wow, that didn't... That said it really uh-huh, poor. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. I just meant in terms of, like, hotboxing it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. See, both hands up above the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, that's a segment. Just completely gone. No, it's not. Almost. We've still got a couple minutes. It's gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got a couple minutes still. Let's go. Well, I was going to do winners and losers here, but we got we to take more time for that. So, I don't know. What are you thinking here? <laughs> what are you thinking? A little on-air producing. Yeah. I think we can do, do the winners and losers. And you want to do it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, fine. I think we can. Who's your winners and losers coming out this weekend? Who's your, I'll tell you this way. We'll pick one now. Who is your biggest winner coming oh, out of this weekend? It's Patrick Mahomes. Right. It, it's... Undeniable. Now, this is the greatest start to a career that we've ever seen. Even surpassing. Well, yeah. Uh, he has three Super Bowls. He's gone back to back. It is, three when you look at him years. statistically, what he's done far surpasses what Tom Brady did because Brady grew into the offensive dynamo that he was. He was not the guy who went out and won games. Now, he put together drives, but they leaned on a defense early in his career. They've leaned on Patrick Mahomes throughout his career. And what I find is, is the most incredible part of, of Mahomes is that this year he did what you're not supposed to be able to do, which is win a Super Bowl with a player that has his largest salary cap hit in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And he did it, and they weren't perfect through it. And I think this is where you go the staying power of your career is the years where you have the warts and you're still able to do it. You're still able to get over the hump. You're still able to win. Not Even if it's not a Super Bowl, which it was this year, you need to be able to win at a high level. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, I think regardless, you can see and you can say, regardless of the outcome last night, this Chiefs team is a dynasty because they have revamped themselves and remade themselves into a different team entirely than what they were before. You got rid of Tyreek Hill a year or two years ago, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, well, we'll see what he's like now. They won back-to-back Super Bowls. You did the, the old adage of, hey, well, you can't pay a quarterback that much money and still win. Well, we've now seen Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, and Patrick Mahomes do it twice kind of in the last four years. They've but been top five in salary cap hits. They've, organizationally, you have to have the commitment and the wherewithal to stomach some of that while making some very, very shrewd decisions. I really do think that the other big winner out of this is Brett Veach, the GM of the Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs. That man, everybody said, you're going to pay your quarterback a half of a billion dollars? I would argue That's right going to look like a sweet... It. Well, he's way surpassed it with the value that he has brought to the Chiefs. But now it's looking like a sweetheart of a deal mm-hmm. because this was the year that it was supposed to hit you I, the hardest. Yeah. And because they've drafted so well, because now you're going to enter the the time frame of his career where it's guys start t- 
taking a pay cut to, to see if they can go and win with him. And we saw it with Brady. We will see it. We saw it with uh, uh, Peyton Manning, too. You're going to see it with Patrick Mahomes here. Now, now that he's done it three times, it's one of those situations where it's, yeah. And it's interesting. I was, I was taking a look at where he's at historically, um, just with some of his numbers. Number one, this this year was the first time, or the, the year that he has had the most losses in a regular season, was six. Not bad. And I was like, that's the worst regular season he's had, six losses? So I look at his playoff numbers. Yikes. 15 and three in the playoffs. 15 and three in the playoffs, 74 and 22 in the regular season. He's just short of, of winning 100 games before he loses 25. Well, and you want to hear another crazy number here? Since 2019, the Chiefs are now 5 and 1 when trailing by 10 plus points at any point in the playoffs. The rest of the NFL is 6 and 48. Yelzels. That ability to, to, to step up in the biggest of moments and get it done consistently, not come close, get it done. And that one, obviously, is the, you know, when the, when the Bengals get up on them, like beyond that, that's it. That's the, the other one about this that I kind of wonder is obviously it's Mahomes is the one is the biggest winner. What does this kind of mean for how we look at Andy Reid? And historically, how do we rank him? Uh, we'll get to that. And the biggest losers coming up next year on Danny and Dusty, Tony the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Fan. I don't think you can really argue the biggest winner coming out of the Super Bowl weekend is Patrick Mahomes. His legacy is continues to grow. It's piling up. Everybody loves him. Blah, 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 blah. I Well, it's interesting that he's got a cap hit of $37 million this year. Mm-hmm. Next year, it jumps to $58 million. <laughs> Then you get to $60 million, $63 million, then $59 million on the cap hit because he just went through a restructure, and this is what he's going to do. He's going to do the Tom Brady thing. He's going to kick the can down the road, and it's He's going to restructure all these things. When he is gone, Kansas City is going to pay out the you-know-what. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. Yeah. All of it is worth it. Every single penny of it is worth it right now because if you look at what they have to fill, next year the Chiefs have Legereus Sneed as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Willie Gay is a free agent. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew Tranquil will be a free agent. Uh-huh. Mike Dana is a free agent. Like They are going to have to pay up especially for a guy like Dion Bush who's been who played really well for them you're going to have to pay up for guys like Chris Jones and for Legarius Sneed who at their positions they're two of the best to do it in the NFL right now like the the market value for a guy like Chris Jones is like 28 million dollars which that ain't in the couch cushions brother nope you're not you can find a couple mil here or there you can't find that much and as much as the Chiefs are going to have to go through that, which we'll kind of get to in, in the uh, the next segment coming up, you know how how are teams set up going forward? Uh, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and their future. The biggest losers coming out of this game. Yes, the 49ers lost the game, but I think that the impact of that loss is significantly different for a McCaffrey, a Debo, or a Brock Purdy than it is. For Kyle Shanahan, who managed to drop another one, who managed to find another way to come up on the wrong end. Three of the three of the biggest losses and blown leads in Super Bowl history. Three of the top seven belong to Kyle Shanahan now, including number one as a coordinator There's in coordinator. Atlanta, yeah. which isn't wholly his fault. But you also look at the two of them where when you have those games and you're going up against greatness – People will point at you, Kyle Shanahan, instead of pointing 
at the guy you're going up against, just as this happened with Andy Reid against Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. You know, getting over that hump is a hell of a lot harder when the guy across the field from you is one of the greatest to ever lace him up. And there will be a time where Kyle Shanahan, it it works for him and it clicks with him. I I think his dad was 0-3 in Super Bowls Mm -hmm. before winning back-to-back. Getting over the hump with... With one of the greatest quarterbacks, quarterbacks of all, of all time. time. <laughs> and one of the great teams of all time mm-hmm. in the Denver Broncos. With Christian McCaffrey's father. But <laughs> it stings now. And it hurts now because they were the better team. They were the more talented team. Yep. And this is where we talked about this earlier. I think the preparedness is a big factor. And that's my biggest concern if I'm a 49ers fan is that Kyle Juszczyk said we weren't prepared for overtime at the end of the game. You saw the mood in X's and O's wise Shanahan is amazing, and Steve Wilkes is amazing. That isn't full preparedness because the you have to ingrain everything that you have in your brain, dumb it down, simplify it, and make sure it makes sense to every single guy who's executing. And you see at times that just ain't it. It's just not there. And in the biggest games and on the on the when the lights are the brightest, like the Super Bowl, all of that is amplified a little bit more, and I think that's one of the the brilliant things that Andy Reid does. We talked about this last week with mm-hmm. how much install Kyle Shanahan does on a week-to-week basis and the way they operate. It, it is amazing. They're able to execute what they do at that level, but there's also in the, these big games on the, on the biggest stage, it looks like some things do slip between the cracks. The one thing that I will not criticize is Brock Purdy because that dude was pretty damn amazing. I think if you're talking about a guy who had a great day, Brock Purdy he played really damn well. He did. He, uh, he he didn't play perfect. He didn't play poorly. He just played really solid. And the game manager, you know, is being kind of driven home a little bit for a little bit more than it was simply because they didn't. He didn't make the big play. And I guess we talked about it a little bit. I think there were three opportunities to make that play, and I think there was twice that he had the opportunity to make the throw and he didn't. I think there's one where Ayuk obviously ran the wrong route, and I guess a, a fourth when Chris Jones is in his face. That's not, but he can't. Mahomes couldn't even do anything no, he, when he, Bosa he and Armstead were. But that's that's why I'm saying I, I take like, I take that one kind of out of it. I think there's yeah. three throws, two to Ayuk, one to to Debo that were there to make, and he did not make the throw. Well, you can take the the Ayuk one away, I guess, because we're running the wrong way. I but, lo- but I in like but I, that's I the understand difference in, this in but, the game of like when things are that tight, yeah. it's whether or not you make that throw. Uh, but I I love that it is of every play in the game we boil it down to those, and that's that is wholly unfair because there were throws where Patrick Mahomes missed, yet we're lauding him and appraising mm-hmm. uh, praising him today. That's football, yeah. and if, if you're gonna boil it down to just that many. Pretty damn good day, well, especially on the Super Bowl for a guy that isn't supposed to have no, what it takes to win to on that either. level. He made also a lot of plays and a lot of throws that and got them into right spots mm-hmm. that you got to tip your head. The cap juice to check say, play was, was insane. The, absolutely insane. I think that is so dumb that CBS tried to make that like, did he catch it? Yes, he, he caught it. I, I, I don't understand how, how Des Bryant saying that's not a catch. I, what? Well, that's because of his. Uh, on the I, I, I know, but you know, I mean, like, because it wasn't for him. Yeah, it but can't like, be for anybody else. Number one, 
What he did there <laughs> in shaking the defender, standing in the pocket, knowing he was going to get flushed out, and then hitting the stutter step, and then throwing a dart. I mean, just that that catch, incredible catch, absolutely incredible catch. He, we were talking about the math and the statistics and the analytics of, of, of football a little bit earlier. As much as we hate to admit it, the scoring plays math of football does come down to about six plays on average per game. Yep. And whether or not you make enough of those plays. And as much as we say it boils down to this one play, it does, but it doesn't, but it also it does. Yes, you have all of the other framework around it, but on a on a simple math pers- perspective, you can boil a game down to being won or lost typically to about six plays. Now you have the other things that lift it up. But again, holistically, the, the the math, the scoring opportunities, because of how infrequent they are in the NFL, the value, the expected value from said plays, your ability to make them or not, and they, they've gone back and done like retroactive math with with great quarterbacks, because they could just go back and just kind of look at the box scores and say it kind of came what out what came out of it, and it highlighted the differences between the greats. And the average quarterbacks. That math ch- continued to check out when they just kind of loaded it into the machine and said, "Okay, let's take this. Use these parameters for what we ex- would expect to come out of these situations." And the, the more that they've done that, the more they've found that. But you also have to not screw up and be successful in the other forty-five. Yeah, and I did. I think that it largely that is put way too much on the quarterbacks because. The box score doesn't know Brandon Ayuk ran the wrong nope. route. The box score doesn't know that the offensive line didn't set protection mm-hmm. correctly when they were on the goal line and Legereus Sneed fell down and Brandon Ayuk is wide open in the in the middle of the end zone on that play. Like there are so many of those instances that you I do agree that it does come down to their swing plays and and they are big ones. And if you have a quarterback that can make those plays, absolutely. But it is so wholly unfair to put all of the, you know, Purdy didn't make these plays, as it is wholly unfair to say that Mahomes did. Mm-hmm. Because watch Which is that why I'm game. not killing Purdy. Oh, no, yeah, I know you're not. Yeah. I, I sit there and I watch what Patrick Mahomes does, and it, it truly is. It's eye-popping, and it's incredible to see what he does. But at the same time, I'm going, they are leveraging teams with formation and they're leveraging them with motion. They're they're equipping him with so many tools because of the coaches and the talent that is around him. And one thing that's the most impressive about this Chiefs team is that they weren't great at the beginning of the year. And they worked through so much to get to the point where they were the best team in football at the end of the year. It's and kind of how the game went. They didn't. They weren't. They were not good to start that game. No. But at the end of the game, and that is those other they guys, were damn near perfect, all making plays. And there were so many made across the field on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. That's why this Super Bowl for me, it was one of the most enjoyable to watch because of the the playmaking. And it wasn't big plays or big throws, right? It was the nuanced small things that kept a drive together that kept everything rolling downfield. And one thing that Mahomes did, which I was absolutely incredible on the long run on the third down mm-hmm. 
the fourth down run to to keep the drive alive and and keep on marching down. That was a great play, and that was kind of Andy Reid going back to his roots of when he kind of was one of the first guys using RPO in the yeah. NFL. But he had the option to not give the ball, but he was just reading Nick Bosa, and then when he, Bosa crashes down, he goes, his eyes go to Rasheed Rice, and he had one yard to go. Everybody in the stadium knew he was going to keep that ball. It was the third down and four, which was the more impressive one for me, where he saw... Because of the the formation and the alignment of the San Francisco 49ers, that he was gonna have an advantage there. And when Rice as they had Rasheed Rice lined up as the third receiver in trips on the inside, and Fred Werner was still just parked over the guard, so he knew that he was gonna be going to Kelsey's side. And that's where it was going to check and go first because they were in zone because Warner Warner wasn't coming out. But then he runs right when Rice runs that crossing route and mm-hmm. Warner checks up with him and they run in matchup zone and he runs. Patrick Mahomes knew on his first step of his drop exactly where he was going to do where he was going and he was going to run the damn ball. He was just waiting for Rasheed Rice to clear that play is far more impressive in my mind than the fourth down run. I mean, it was, that's one of those ones where you're like, that guy had his eyes looking to the right side of the field and he knew on the first step of his drop, he was going to run the ball to the left and he knew it right away. Uh, He's the best quarterback doing it right now. He's amazing. And and athletically, he's got like little Fred Flintstone steps. He's (laughs) like, it's painful to watch him run. Yep. But like, you're like, oh my God, he keeps getting chunk yards, chunk yards, chunk yards. God, he's good. Turns out pretty good. So good. You know, it's pretty good. So good. That Super Bowl halftime show with Usher. Oh, mm. not for the olds. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll get to that and not see uh, see how how uh, how the Usher halftime show stacked up against the uh, the greats of the past. But first, here's a big Guna Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. And wow. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Well, speaking in waves, you can join us to for a little golf in waves. 1080, The Fan invites you to play the first annual Fan Winter Golf Classic at X-Golf Walton and X-Golf Vancouver Tuesday, February 27th. Yes! That is two weeks from tomorrow. hey That's coming up quick. I like how you say in waves as if we know what they're yelling on this song. I'm assuming that was in reference to the song it's playing. Trivium, in waves. Okay. No idea. I have no idea what is happening here. Yes. That's what he's saying? In waves, yes. Uh, the 4 p.m. round. You can golf in waves, Take though. That was really it. good. Yeah. The 4 p.m. round at X-Golf is sold out. Sold out. 4 p.m. round at X-Golf is sold out, and the noon round is filling up fast. You can also choose from either the noon round or 4 p.m. round at X-Golf Vancouver. Play hooky. Indeed. Danny and Dusty and Isaac Soup will be broadcasting live. The winning threesome will win a free foursome at this summer's 10th annual Fan Golf Classic. The last place threesome will receive a free lesson at X-Golf. So if you suck, you can suck less if you show up. That's a great see? point. See, see, that's a great point. Uh, also, another great point: there will be food 
ladies and gentlemen. I love food. For all of our golfers from Victor Rico's Whoa, Mexican food. may have seen them in something called the Super Bowl. Hello. And Pearl Catering and the Urban Restaurant Group. All golfers will play the historic Pebble Beach course on the state-of-the-art simulator. Go to 1080thefan.com for more info now and to sign up for your threesome now. I come can't out, wait. Come hang out. It is a great time. We did this last year, and it was red. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not get to have nearly as much fun because I was. it was literally my first time back after surgery. It was my first day back. was hobbling out on my yeah. crutches out to the Vancouver location, and I very mildly dropped the club head on a ball and said, that was enough for me. See, there you go. There you go. Now we're all back. Now we're all back. Uh, speaking of back, Usher. Back in all of our front and mind of our consciousness. Uh, slow start, furious finish to the Usher halftime show. I was surprised. I knew there would be like a confessions in there. There's going to be a little bit of slow jamming. It was really good. For those that don't know, Usher's basically, he's he's been in residence in Vegas for, I want to say, two years. Oh, really? Maybe longer. I had no idea about yeah, that. Yeah, he's toured. So I was at Summer League last year, and I was going to go to one of his shows, but the cheapest tickets at said show was like 390 bucks. So this is like, what damn. everybody says, like, oh, why would these people do it if they don't get paid for it? He's got a new album coming out. Yes. Which I would have loved if he would have just come, came out and been like, only play new tracks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But he's got a new album coming out. He's starting a new tour. And they said that the the artists that go and do the Super Bowl halftime show see upwards of a 600% rise in plays on their music on various platforms. 600%. And so if you have a new album and a new tour starting, why not? Why not roll out the Super Bowl halftime show if it's somewhere where you are already living? And, uh, oh, by the way, the NFL gives you $10 million to spend on the production for it. Which uh, he, uh, he he did spend a lot of money on the production. Roller and, skate budget was big. Right, and light up floor, but also on artists. Brought in Alicia Keys, who, God bless her, she looked incredible. Gorgeous. Uh, CeeLo Green, what, wait, I'm being nope. told now, not CeeLo Green. In fact, mm-hmm. Jermaine Dupree. I knew it was Jermaine Dupree right away because CeeLo, uh, I don't think he does anything with Usher, and Jermaine Dupree is about a foot taller than CeeLo Green, yes. and Jermaine Dupree is 5'6". So <laughs> it's like there is a, I was like, that. But he, somebody goes, hey, is that CeeLo? I was like, no. May, but maybe? It, it did look like CeeLo Green. That, it was the glasses, split, the bald head. Yeah, and, uh, short, getting yeah. a little getting a little uh, plump there, but it was a whole look that he had going but, on. The two bangers, they came out. Luda, Lil yep. John. Uh, I loved it. There was there was a, a miss, uh, a person missing from the, the set. DJ Tiesto had to pull out last second uh, due to a family emergency. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I wonder how much that altered the show. I think that's what really went from the it was a slow start and then a build up yeah. into it the medley at the beginning was very clunky it felt he kind was, of thrown together he, yeah he was going through all these songs they were all slower songs and I was like god okay and then he started hitting his rhythm when he went over and Alicia Keys with that gigantic red um, piano in her, her the, the, the dress kind of flowing thing. back yeah. off there was something gigantic and red on that stage for at sure. that point I went all right, we're kicking it up a notch, and it was great after that. It was. Also, also, also her. 
She came out and wailed on the guitar. Her, she looked yeah. incredible too. And all I was like, what did, what role is she playing right now? Because she was just kind of walking around playing for a little bit. Turns out, Usher needed to put on his roller skates. Yep. That was just it. Buying right some there. time. Also, great job with the quick change. Three, yeah. three changes. Well, one of them he just got half naked on stage. And, yeah, which again, Usher's nipple being plus one hundred. Easy money. It was the easiest money of the weekend. Easy it wasn't money. even close. I loved it, but I know that Usher a lot nipple? of the olds did not love the Usher halftime show. And I say, it wasn't for you. No, it's and it for makes, us. It makes me feel really old, though. Well, the shows, the last two years, if you're like, oh my God, they're finally getting around to no music, to, new, to, uh, to good music. No. no, no, that's not the case. Number one, yes, it is good music. But number two, we are old now. Mm-hmm. We are the target audience for the halftime show now. Yeah. It's not. It's no more McCartney's. It, it, this it, here's the thing is when you look back at it and you go down since they started like, re, my, and Michael Jackson changed Super Bowl halftime shows mm-hmm. and he made it like a, into a bigger deal because it wasn't like we were having, you know, we are the world out there. But um, if you look at where they went in like the 2000s when they started cranking it up, 2010, 14 years ago, it was the Who. Womp womp. Well. No, bangers for people who were like between 40 and 50. Yeah, for them. 14 years ago. 100%. You know, and then it went black eyed peas and everybody's like, I don't, I can't do that. That was too risque. And then you had Madonna in 2012. I I choose to forget that one. Well, again, who is that for? But again, I I was, it was, it was for the people between 40 and 50 in 2012. That was a bad show though, too. And then they went Beyonce, Bruno Mars, who was just like, Beyonce and Bruno Mars, like, hey, they kind of, everybody Global can star. go there. Yeah. And then they went Poppy, Katy Perry, and people like, this isn't football. We got Left Shark. What is going on with Left Shark? Again, I thought that show was actually pretty good. Went very vanilla Coldplay the following yeah, year. Yeah, that was a... Rrr. Yeah, and then, like, what we are finding out, it's for the people in their, like, 40 to 50 is their wheelhouse they're searching for. Yeah, thirty. I would say probably the 35 to 55 demo. And my mom was like, I didn't didn't like the halftime show, didn't know any of the songs. Mm. I'm like, well, yeah, because it's, it's Usher. Not, it's not for you. I listened to that. Yeah. But she liked when The Who was playing. Sure. You know, 14 years ago. Mm. That was a great one for her. She loved Prince out there singing yeah. Purple Rain 20 well, years also, ago. Also, Prince is still the gold standard for halftime shows. And as much as I loved Usher. I don't think it is. I think it's Dr. Dre and Snoop now. Dr. Dre, I, I think you could put the that, gold standard. I could say that, that definitely up there. Yeah. yeah, there's. I think you there's three. You go Dr. Dre, Prince, Michael Jackson. Yeah, that, those that's, three. That is the holy trinity. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's pretty clear. Um, I thought Usher was really good. And I thought Shakira. the 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 oh, yeah, yeah, okay. really good. Yep. Um, that's a train of thought that I just completely lost. Um, the guests were great. Luda, great. Little John, no, no disappointments. Mm-hmm. I did not during that show, even though it was for our age, I, I, and I thought the show was great, and I thought his performance was great, I did not get the Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, 50 Cent, Mary J, the show that we got last year where I was whooping and hollering the whole time. I, I was very much like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because you didn't have, you know, chubby 50 cent plopping down from the rafters yeah. upside down in a Dollar bulletproof bill. vest. You had Luda come out of nowhere dressed like Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. Mm. He, I thought he was going to yell, cram it in your cram hole, mm. LaFleur. 
No, he didn't. Purple cobras. He really did. That is 100%. Or like a game of American Gladiators was going to break out and somebody's going to start shooting tennis balls at old Ludacris as he ran across the stage. Outside of that, he killed it. Also, crushed um, it. Usher puts on a great show. Great showman. Dancer, singer, performer. Just Also, great on the roller skates. Great on the roller skates. Great on the roller skates. Which is a very... Very hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, roller skating I was, I was is... I impressed. Yeah, I'm more of a blader die guy, but yeah. hey, roller skates are cool too. I like it. Yeah. But anytime we have any more of that. Where, where, uh, where are you ranking this, this halftime show? I'll give it a B minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. B minus. I think B minus B. I think that's fine. Yeah. Entirely good. But I, I wonder, like as weird as that is, I wonder how much the DJ Tiesto stuff screwed some things up. I think a lot. I think it would have been more energy at the beginning. Because it just felt like the beginning of it was was missing something. Yeah. It looked like he threw it together in three days. Which, that'd be really hard to do. Yeah, pretty difficult, right? Yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll put a nice little bow on uh, the end of an era. Well, the end of football, at least. Oh, well, I was like, what happened? Danny Dusty, today the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Football's dead. Dead and done. It was a great send-off for the football season. What a damn fine football game. I'm glad the game didn't suck. What it, I d- never a doubt that it would. Never a doubt that that thing would suck. I just didn't know if it was going to be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. It was going to be close. It ended up being I right took in the, the under, and it was, right it, it was. I mean, like it. that was exactly how I thought that it would play out with the defenses. I did not expect, boy, some of when the turnovers happened. We started each and how? half. Started each half with the turnover. A red zone turnover? And that is totally uncharacteristic for both. Remember, Patrick Mahomes hadn't had a turnover-worthy throw in the entire postseason, mm-hmm. and he gets picked off on... He'd gone 164 total throws without, and without it, an interception. It had been 185 carries since Christian McCaffrey had, had a fumble. I wish you would have said McCaffrey the way you were going to say it. McCaffrey. 185 carries in 163 passing attempts. Both those guys have turnovers. But the defenses were awesome. I thought it was a well-coached game until the very end. <laughs> and the officials, they all get a gold star. You know what? Gold stars all around. I complain about the officials all the time, so I will give them credit. I love the fact that I do not know a single ref's name out of it, nor is there a single call in that game where I went, How dare you? Yeah, I mean, there were, uh, were there plays where you could have called hold? Yeah, sure. but they went both ways, yeah. and I thought the, it, was, it was managed the right way. Mm-hmm. It was great. Great all the way around. I loved it being in Las Vegas. I want more. Bring on basketball season. It actually officially started. Mm. All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow Manana. from noon to 3. For, uh, coming up next, we got four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. Primetime with Isaac Have a great day. Mm, bye. Happy birthday, Sadie.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.